0: Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Managing Transitions with Adults with Disabilities. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on March 28, 2018. In this podcast, Chris Duff, a disability practice and policy consultant, provides an overview of care transitions, particularly among individuals with disabilities.
1: Transitions in their many and varied forms are fraught with opportunities for errors miscommunications, unintended consequences, unmet expectations, and others. Due to the vulnerability of the population being served and the complexity of their needs, there are simply many more details to attend to during transitions than for the general population. Examples include needing accessible homes, changes in medications, and figuring out how to get them delivered, and new and additional and often additional home-based care and supports. There are also many more people involved and many more handoffs. Most people think of transitions as those from a hospital to a nursing home or from a nursing home into the community. These are certainly among the most complex because of the status of the participant and what is often an urgency in the transition. In the disability competent care model, though, Transitions are viewed much more broadly as any change in the participant's life that affects their care and well-being. This includes their ability to function in their community, being able to be as independent as possible in their home, and to access the community for work, social activities, and medical appointments. As this list shows, transitions are not only changes in care settings and providers, but also changes in medication, financial issues, housing, employment status, and others. Within the DCC model, transitions are one of the primary functions of the interdisciplinary team. Consistent with what you will see in the MFP program, transition activity starts with talking with the participant to identify their desires and priorities. That often evolves into a transition plan where all the steps are identified and assigned to a member of the IDT to work with the participant. For example, a social worker or community health worker may explore housing alternatives and availability that are financially and physically available to the participant and arrange for visits accordingly. Duly eligible participants face far more transitional barriers than other populations due to a range of health disparities and social determinants. They have greater occurrences of unpredictable health needs or progression of illness, resulting in inpatient episodes of care. Once stabilized, providers are often eager to discharge the participant, and many of whom go to rehabilitations or nursing, rehabilitation settings or nursing facilities for further recovery. There are unintended consequences of this process, such as the loss of housing or care partners, which must be addressed before returning to the community. In addition to the disparities, dually eligible beneficiaries are with disabilities also commonly experience a range of social factors that significantly influence transitions. Accessibility requirements, transportation options, limited finances and care partner availability can result in fewer options for transitions with longer wait times for services and supports needed for successful transitions. These beneficiaries rely on multiple services and supports, making planning far more complex, especially considering the need to coordinate segmented delivery systems of healthcare and home community-based supports. Whether a transition is from an institutional setting to the community or just between community settings. This population's limited income, socioeconomic status, and poor health outcomes can limit options and complicate planning. The multiple funding sources and regulations for services can also limit access to some providers and settings of care. As you've heard throughout the webinars in this series and previous series, we have created a disability competent care self-assessment tool. This tool helps providers and plans alike to evaluate their ability to meet the needs of this population and identify opportunities for improvement. No provider or plan will ever be completely disability competent, for it is always a process of self-assessment and strategic prioritization of quality improvement activities. On the lower part of this slide, we have some examples of the DCAT, Disability Competent Care Self-Assessment Tool, identifying some key transition related activities. The remainder of this fo- of this webinar will focus on transitions or relocations from institutions into the community. The US Supreme Court issued the Olmstead decision in 1999 applying the integration mandate to of Title II of the ADA. The ruling In the ruling, public agencies were mandated to provide services in the most integrated setting appropriate for the needs of qualified individuals with disabilities. This is the policy mandate that has driven the rebalancing of long-term services and finances towards community settings. There are currently 2.2 million individuals on Medicaid residing in institutions. Now, certainly, some of these individuals are quite satisfied living in facilities and are not interested in moving into the community. In starting the process of considering a transition, the care coordinator, or relocation specialist, as the MFP program calls them, focuses on participant engagement and accountability, helping the participants understand and see their options and the relationship between where they reside and their larger life goals. Moving into the community goes well beyond a simple move, It requires engagement of the participant and their key support persons to identify their preferences and requirements. It includes identifying housing that is accessible physically and financially. It involves setting up a range of in-home and community-based services and supports and includes re-engaging them in community life. As is obvious in this and the previous slides, transitions are much more than a physical change and require support of the IDT with a range of skills and competencies. This transition support is commonly needed for many months prior to and following a transition as well as timely re-engagement as new or recurring, reoccurring issues arise as they always will. The key, once the participant is established in the community, is to keep the relationship between the participant and their IDT strong, so as to put preventive strategies in place and hear of problems as they surface. Through the MFP program, though the MFP program provides the participant more targeted and time-limited assistance, their function is very similar to the IDT in the DCC model.
0: Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Loon Group and is supported through the Medicare-Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations in care models. To learn more about our current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at Integrate underscore Care.